Hello, everyone. This is Mike Lindstedt, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, another edition of our weekly snippet of encouragement is here. Yep. Of course, I'm with Pastor Chad Wiles. Here we are. We are here again. <laughs> we are here for the 13th time. That's right. <laughs> As we are looking at Proverbs chapter 13 today. Uh, all of you out there listening, um, if you have been listening, you've all heard by this point that the point of these podcasts is to educate and encourage. Mm -hmm. Specifically, we want to encourage you from the Word of God today. Um, and so we're going to do that. We're going to read Proverbs chapter 13, popcorn style, and then we'll circle back, make some comments. Yep. All right, here we go. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. The ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man hears no threat. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the light of the wicked will be put out. By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Wealth gained fraudulently will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. In everything the prudent acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster pursues sinners, or another translation is evil pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. The fallow ground of the poor would yield much food, but it is swept away through injustice. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked, wicked suffers want. All right. And that concludes the chapter. Well, there's a lot of discussion here about wealth, so why don't we focus mm -hmm. on wealth for a little bit? The first one that I've noticed kind of continuing on with our discussion in mm -hmm. diligence versus being a sluggard is verse four, mm -hmm. you know, and, and through all the Proverbs so far, we've seen like very practical tips on how to work um, and the heart attitudes behind our work life. But verse four here says that the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing 
while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Mm. And what I noticed is the last verse as well, verse 25 says, the righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. Yeah, I think this goes beyond um, practical things yeah. like food and money and all that kind of stuff. Because I think it's very important that Solomon is focused on the soul, the yeah. soul of the sluggard, meaning someone who's covetous, someone who's lazy, someone who wants things but does not want to work for them, someone who uh, feels entitled to, you know, there's... Yeah. There's no filling of the void of sin with righteousness, with the gospel, with the change of heart. So mm-hmm. the soul's always wanting, right? Where the the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. And you talked about that, how faith takes diligence, how per, the pursuit of the Lord, the fear of God, the pursuing Him. Yeah. Right? And talked that, about that in last week's podcast. That's right. And so, man, when we diligently are faithful to the Lord and trust him and our faith and have faith in him. Like, man, we're richly supplied. Like yeah. our hearts, our hearts are full, yes. you know, yes. but also the practical sense of one who, who works as unto the Lord out of worship, who is diligent will also usually find themselves cared for in right. the sense of roof over your head, food on the table, things of that nature. Yeah. Whereas someone who's lazy and lays around and waits for something to come to them will usually have nothing. Right, right. We do have to be active in our lives, right? <laughs> right. Um, and I like how you pointed that out, that there's, there's something deeper than just, you know, mm-hmm. your day-to-day sort of work and your attitude towards it is, is you know, what truly are we looking for as humans, yeah. right? What is, you mentioned it, that void, right? Yeah. And every single human being that's been alive, you know, let's say for 20 years, right, is is cognitively aware of this yeah. void, right? Because yeah. I don't think, I don't know if I could say that as a teenager, I was necessarily, mm-hmm. like I knew that, I think everyone innately kind of understands that we're like longing for something, right. but you know, our brains aren't fully developed yeah. and all this stuff. So. Especially now we know it, but like right. at the time you're just in it usually. Yeah, you know, young people don't think that way necessarily. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of just put an arbitrary number of 20 years old. Um, yeah. But the point is, is that, you know, you're going to be diligent or or rather if you're going to be diligent in seeking God, like you know what will fill that Mm -hmm. void then. And your diligent effort is being, um, uh, you know, put into the right direction. Seeking God is what's going to fulfill the, the satis or or satisfy the desire that you, that you have. Right. Jesus said, right. Those who thirst and hunger for Mm -hmm. righteousness, they will be filled. That's right. Ultimately, man, when he comes back the mm-hmm. second time, when we're when we see him, like you will be filled yeah. to an abundance of with joy, with peace. Yes, and I notice um, in verse eight, I noticed a little bit of a change of well of like um, of this where he says the ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man hears no threat. Yeah. And that's putting poor, being poor in a in a positive light in some ways. Yes. And if you remember in Christ's teaching, he talks about the poor in spirit, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of like mm-hmm. the, the poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. And so here it's it's flipping it to where those who put their hope in the wealth of this life, and it's talked about that, the wicked, and the, like there will be folly, there will be shame, there will mm-hmm. be destruction, Right, and the ransom of a man's life is his wealth. Like you put your hope in your wealth, like someone can ransom your life. They could, yeah, hold that up. They can steal that. You. They can hold it against you. Where a poor man, 
there's no threat to a poor man. Yeah, <laughs> like, what you going to take? Take whatever you want. Yeah. And when we don't hold tightly to the riches of this life, but we hold tight to our faith and we're open-handed with whatever mm-hmm. God gives, there's no threat to to a believer in that sense because we know that ultimately the, everything in this life burns up. So if someone yeah. comes threatening to take my job if I don't do what they want me to do, then I say, take the job. <laughs> right. You know? I mean, yeah, ultimately, that's not to say that if those sorts of things happen to you that you're not going to struggle with fear or whatever. I mean, not everybody will, but some people will. And and we have to understand that, again, like we said last week, the one whom you should fear Mm -hmm. is the one who has authority, as Jesus said in Luke 12, who after he has killed has the authority to cast you into hell. Right. The wisdom that Proverbs continually talks about starts with the fear of God. That's right. With the fear of the Lord. Understand that. And so we would always be wise to just remind ourselves of um, that truth because it helps to really put our mm-hmm. priorities in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a good light. Right. Let's move on next. Uh, you know, one here that um, I thought was funny um, in a way is the, ver- the seventh verse. One pretends to be rich yet has nothing. <laughs> Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Yeah. And I don't know if there's any real spiritual meaning there. I mean, I'm sure that there is. This, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. First of all, pretending to be rich is full of pride, right? Yeah, right. But I, I, even still, I, I'm, I can't help but be reminded of our culture mm-hmm. you know, here in America um, where, you know, having a home and having a, a car and all these things. Or we um, finance a lifestyle. That's, right. per, that's pretending to be rich because you don't actually have that You're money. holding the note. You know, right. so my father-in-law always says, he says, you know, when he sees someone who's driving a, a flashy car or something like that, he goes, I, he, he says, that guy's not, he doesn't own that, he's holding, he's holding a note, you know? That's right, and, that's uh, right. You know, it, it, there's that drive to be impressive, yeah. right? To have people look at you and, For sure. in such a way as like, oh, you know, what, what does that person oh, yeah, have? Yeah, what fancy, are they doing? Fancy car. But you don't own it. And even if you did, mm-hmm. ultimately, when we die, we can't take that stuff with us. That's right. You know, so well, there's nothing to be gained, right? In other words, by pretending to be rich, right? Um, and even if you are, like, there's nothing to be gained by flaunting your wealth, right? Right. Um, and so I just love how that's contrasted. How, you know, another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. Mm-hmm. And I know these guys, you know, while well, I'm assuming they're not Christians because I've never heard them once talk about Christ. But Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. There's this picture of them I saw on Instagram. Uh, and it's it's actually a meme that's mm-hmm. talking about this. It has like some wannabe rapper looking guy with all kinds of bling on. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it says, um, you know, it has a the other picture is those two guys, you know, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates wearing like grandpa sweaters, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and it showed the value of of their their bank accounts. Right, right. And it, the guy you know flaunting his wealth had like negative bank account, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Warren Buffett, obviously, and Bill Gates are, are very wealthy people. Yeah. So. I just thought that that was a But this funny is thing. definitely culturally relevant. People get caught up in the Joneses as as if you will. Sure. You hear a lot of people saying like, "Well, we need these things like we live in this area, this neighborhood, this culture. We need yeah. these things." Or when people are posting on Instagram, it's always the beach pic or the yeah. or the the cool thing you're doing or the cool place you're eating at and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No one's posting like sitting in your dirty living room in your underwear, you know what I mean? Like, which, so, which is which is reality for most for most of the time for most oh, people. Oh, just sitting in my room, <laughs> yeah, just hanging out watching TV. Yeah. So, but I think what's interesting too, and you already hit on this verse, but the 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 ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man hears no threat. That's literally right after the verse I just read, right, where you're pretending to be rich. Be careful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions, mm-hmm. but you can also 
you know, the quote from the movie Fight Club, right? The things that you own yeah. end up owning you. That's right. There's, a, there's truth to that, you know, and they can be held against you. They can enslave you, right? We talked about that last week about how going into debt makes you the slave of the lender, right? Um, and so we have to be careful. Uh, we always have to check our hearts first and foremost. Like, what are we really mm. going after here when we're, you know, when we're thinking about purchasing something new, right? Like, why mm. do we, why do we want this? What are we going to do? Use it for? Uh, you know, we got to check our heart here, but we also need to be careful. Is, is that man? If we make our the pursuit of our life all about wealth, that stuff can be held against yeah. you. But more importantly, man, when you die, you're not going to have any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Another thing. This is more towards the end, but. Verse 24, whoever spares a rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Yeah. There's there's bigger implications here. One, obviously, um, this is speaking to the teaching and raising your child up in the Lord and disciplining our children. Like, we need discipline as sinful people. But we also have a culture that has swung to not disciplining our children. Entitlement, um, everybody gets a trophy. No one deals with loss. Everybody's special. Everybody, mm -hmm. you know, all this kind of rhetoric that we hear throughout our schools and, all, and that, that we think that is good. I just challenge anybody to go look up at the research, psychological research of the rise of anxiety, depression, and different things that, that go along with this and and actually see that even secular psychologists now write papers on how that was a terrible idea Yeah, because there's no sense of character development. There's no sense of learning how to live with, with loss, understand that you're not perfect and you're not great at everything and no one, you don't deserve or, or own anything. Like no one, no one has to give you anything, you know? And it's created a society of entitlement and, and things that are very destructive. Yeah. And so just wanted to kind of throw that out there. It's like we're seeing this play out right now. And uh, we see this in the counseling room all the time where people are dealing with the fact that, yeah, you don't deserve anything, that you actually have to be humble and, and accept certain things and work hard for certain things, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. so. And I was, I'm glad you brought this up too because I was thinking about um, – Ephesians chapter six, um, and, and really how, it, how Paul is just talking to children. He says, children, obey mm -hmm. your parents in the Lord for this is right. Right. This is right. Honor your father and your mother for this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you That's and right. that you may live long in the land. And um, that it may go well. That he is, Paul is quoting the uh, fourth, uh, I believe it's the fourth commandment, the mm -hmm. 10 commandments, honor your father and mother. Um, and I was thinking, I was just kind of, you know, chewing on that verse a little bit in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, well, what is, why is that God's, um, you know, divine plan, right? Mm -hmm. Well, think about it. Yeah. The child, their first experience with authority mm -hmm. is with their parents. That's right. And that is very, very fundamentally important to understand mm -hmm. for life in general. Because when you, th we, we've talked about this on the Boundaries podcast, actually. Yeah is when you walk out your door, man or woman, going to your job, for instance, yeah. you are leaving the home where you have been given by God a certain amount of authority mm -hmm. as parents. You're leaving that sphere of authority temporarily to go into your job mm -hmm. where, depending on what your title is, you will now operate in a different realm of authority, underneath authority, right? however you fit into the, the overall structure of that mm -hmm. business. And so if we don't learn from like day one, so to speak, yeah. how to operate underneath our parents' authority, mm -hmm. that's going to cause problems for us yeah. down the road. And ultimately, 
truth comes out, meaning like you can pretend that the world is supposed to be a certain way all you want to, but the reality is truth is truth, yes. right? So even if you're, let's take it to the top because you know everybody wants to be the boss and the CEO. Well, right. even that person has a submission to the authority. Like if you run a company, you're submitting to stockholders and to the board the, of directors, the board of directors, and the community that buys your stuff, right? Like if you don't do a good job, they'll they'll vote with their dollars on whether or not you get to keep your job. Yeah, for sure. Like there is no one who does not have certain authority over them. And then of course we all sit underneath the authority of God. Yeah. And so this idea of entitlement and not submitting to authority and not being humble is one that will just show itself out in your life and it will bring destruction. Like these truths just bring reality to it. Well, yeah, and so often in the Proverbs, um, there there are there are Proverbs that talk about the rod, right? Mm-hmm. And notice what he says in verse 24 of where we're at today. Whoever spares the rod mm-hmm. of discipline hates his son. Right. Wow. So the Bible's telling us that as a parent, yeah. especially particularly fathers, right. we have been given the authority yeah. to use the rod uh, according to how God has allowed us to use it. But- Specifically, we, the rod is used to inflict pain. Yeah, Pain is a deterrent from choosing what is not right, mm-hmm. which in the context of biblical teaching, I'll reiterate Ephesians 6.1. Yeah. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? For yeah. this is right. Yeah. It is correct. It is divinely ordained mm-hmm. that the children is to submit to the, the parents. Yeah. Now, the parents, I could go on, but I won't because we don't have enough time in this podcast. <laughs> but the parents obviously yeah. have regulatory principles governing how that rod is to be used. For sure. And I, I tell this to my children all the time, especially my son. We've had this conversation a few times. When I've disciplined him and he's and he's upset about it or doesn't like the discipline, I'm teaching him. I need to. I need because I love you to teach you that sin has consequences. Yeah. And the consequences <clears throat> with dad are much less severe. Like you can just say you're sorry and we'll we'll learn and we'll we'll move on. But when you get into the real world and you are you are over and responsible for many different things, the consequences are much greater and and much harsher when it comes to these same prideful sins of your heart. And so I'm trying to help you now so that later on in life, you will not be ruled by them or have to face the consequences that will inevitably come. The reason why I think this says you hate your your child for many different reasons, but just one very practical reason, if you don't discipline your child in your home, what you are saying is I'm going to allow the world to now discipline you because when you're son or daughter goes out into the world and they dabble in things that are illegal or harsh, they, they find themselves facing jail time or facing other consequences that are much worse than a discipline from your, <laughs> from your father or from your mother, right? It's called the school of hard knocks for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you don't want them to have to learn the hard way. You know, that's not lo- I don't I don't want my children to have to learn the hard way, the realities of sin, right? right? And ultimately, ultimately, if we can't obey your parents, you're certainly not going to obey the Lord. Right. Which that will lead to eternal death. And that's eternal death, right. You know, we're talking about life consequences, but we talked about eternal life. Like that's the bigger consequence right. is we're teaching them in the instruction of the Lord, which is why it's super important to do mm-hmm. that so that they would know Christ and know the Lord themselves because that is what is the eternal life yeah. that they need. Honor your father and mother. So that it may be well with you, right. you may live long. And there's a reason why God constantly refers to Himself as the Heavenly Father, 
Right. right. So uh, hard words as, as usual <laughs> uh, for all of us, but encouraging nonetheless because yeah. we've been given the antidote, which is Christ, man. That's right. Like we can only do these things in Christ. We can only do these things in Christ in a way that is pleasing to God. That's right. right? He is pleased with us because of Christ's sacrifice. Right. And that is where our hope is found. Mm -hmm. We want to thank you all for listening to another weekly snippet of encouragement. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.